Welcome to the Stuck and Rut Podcast. Got him. Dropped him. Nice shot, buddy. We are excited to bring you our stories and hunting tips to elevate your outdoor adventures and experiences. We aim to uncover the real, raw strategies of do-it-yourself hunting that will bring your dreams to life and generate success. To follow along with our yearly hunts, subscribe to Stuck in the Rut on YouTube. So myself, Tom Schneider, will be doing the interview on today's podcast. So that you have some background on this podcast, Justin, Katie, and I just finished our first ever wolf camp where we train people on specific tactics on how to become better wolf hunters. Enjoy the podcast. All right, so we have just finished our first ever wolf camp. Yes. How did you guys feel it went? It went a lot better than I, I was kind of nervous, but yeah. it, it went really well. Yeah. Really, You really, really don't, we, I mean, until you've actually done it, it's kind of impossible to know exactly what to expect. I think it's a start in any new venture, right? Yeah. You just don't know what to expect. How's it going to go? And then also you just have people who trust you, right? Like people that have watched and seen what you guys are able to accomplish hunting, what we've been able to accomplish hunting. These people trust our expertise and hoping that they can gain something from it. And they go completely out of their way to come see us for a couple of days. And so that in some way, I feel like as just, just being a person, I mean, it's a little intimidating there, right? Like, it's a lot yeah, of pressure. A lot of pressure, <laughs> but I felt like everything went really well. And honestly, I had a lot of fun myself. Yeah, it it was fun. I had a blast. I had a great group. I really, like, really group. did. Yeah, really good group of people. Um, So let's talk a little bit about what happened at Wolf Camp and just some of the people we had there. Um, Some of the things that we saw worked really well. Yeah, let's just go from there. Um, I would say we had a really good combination of everything between like teaching novice hunters mm-hmm. that showed up as a group and experienced guides. Yeah. Yeah. That like the group was just a mix of people. And I feel like everybody had something positive to say and that they took something away from the camp. That was really good. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm just like, hopefully they're not saying anything under their breath, but like everybody <laughs> that's talked to us so far just said that is like they got a lot more than they expected. Yeah, seeded expectations was like the one thing people kept saying. Yeah, it was such a compliment. That's a compliment that we yeah. definitely really take. And um, you know, even just starting, we just didn't know. It's like, well, do we want to do one next year? We just really didn't know until this one. And I mean, after seeing this, yeah, we're definitely we're oh, already yeah. planning. <laughs> yeah. Like, like during, I think after the first day, I was like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this again. Sure. And yeah. there were so many like things along the way that I'm like, and I'm sure it'll change year to year as we continue to do this. But when we were doing stuff, I was like, man, I, you know, what if we did this next year? Like, how cool would it be to add on to this? And and so many ideas were just yeah, I, I we're seeing better and better. Yeah. yeah. I really think so too. Um, and then just, just in a sense too, just the, yeah, talk about the camp itself. So we did um, an educational piece, more like didactic courses in college. Um, and then we had activities. So 
one day was trapping. Another day we had a buddy of ours who's really well versed in air guns bring out his air guns and we ran a whole wolf course of realistic scenarios and even running shots um, to really give people the real experience of what it would be like to hunt wolves. Exactly. And um, yeah, when we were setting the targets out, Justin can attest to this. I was a little bit, I had a vision with those targets and yeah. they needed to sit. And It was very personal for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was almost, even some, the very last target was actually a wolf that got away from me this year, just a couple months ago. And I was like, and I just felt like I had to relive that one. But like by building a target that was in pretty much in the same scenario, you know, that I was going to get good closure that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and one of those targets almost got you. Yeah. yeah. And then we were setting the targets. And then when we were doing a loop, because what I did, it's like, these are, these are, these are real graphic yeah. photos of wolves that are full size as, as they are wolves. And so when we were going back through the course, just to make sure everything was set up. I'm going to set up tape and I'm walking behind Tom and, and I had already seen the target, but me and Tom are talking to, and he turns and, and he's like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah, how target. real these things yeah. targets are really realistic. And, yeah. <laughs> That one got Tom. Yeah, uh, that one got me pretty good. Uh, w- the cool thing about, I think, that we did with this camp was it was for, you know, like I said, novice to experience, but also different activity levels. You could, we had Will, an 81-year-old guy, and we had a portion of the course where you had to sprint up a hill and shoot. Well, he couldn't do that, but we made it where he could still walk the ridge and shoot the yeah. target. And he's so, an incredible shot. Yeah, really, yeah really absolutely. Shot. Super cool guy, but incredible shot. And mm-hmm. so skill level, you know, physical level, anyone can do this. Yeah, everybody had like, I think everybody had something to take from this camp. And then even... I think just as a hunter too, sometimes you just don't know what, where everybody's level is at in hunting. You know, that was the other thing we talked about. It's like, okay, like, well, what do we do in this camp? How do we teach somebody who's an experienced hunter and somebody who's not an experienced hunter? And really the best way to do it is just cover everything. Yeah. Start with the basics, build a foundation and go up from there. And that's pretty, I felt like we we actually, I don't want to say there's no such thing as perfect, but I feel like we perfected that like pretty quick. I was like, wow, I was actually... Everything was really smooth. It was. It was yeah. smooth. And the realistic goal, I felt like the whole time was to, was to, you know, you can't, you can't do anything for people. They still are going to have to do the legwork, find the wolves, get into the situations that we're discussing. But them know, you know, the biggest thing was that me, Tom, and Katie have messed up on so many different wolf encounters. And we've had success on a lot of wolf encounters and explaining what to do in those situations if that can be in their head it's going to reduce that learning curve by so much and you just you can't besides this camp i just don't feel like there's really many places maybe you can go and and get that amount of knowledge from different sources on you know tom hunts almost completely different than the way that we hunt and and you know his thick thick timber versus open country and you know kind of everything in between and and really uh you know we've gotten to sit back and watch those wolves at distance and and see how they act when when they're not under pressure and tom has a lot of up close and personal knowledge of what they do and how to trick them in those situations and so this camp i feel like for people really closes that gap where what took us years and years to figure out 
you get in two days. And so your likelihood of. And you're not rising up wolves either. Because that was my issue when I first started wolf hunting was I was making the mistake of as soon as I started to learn and know what I was doing right, then I still, I will never have another opportunity on those wolves that I messed up on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, by helping people break that learning curve, when they actually find a wolf pack, sure, there's still going to be some learning they're going to have to do on their own. But that learning curve is cut tremendously. And their odds in wising up those wolf packs are a lot lower and being a little bit more successful. I mean, even just having the right rifle set up. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of us, we, we, a lot of us geeked out throughout the week on calibers and what guns we like best and ballistics, but it just comes down to like in the heat of the moment, you know, what's going to be most effective in shooting a wolf. And a lot of times it's not necessarily the caliber, um, but we've shown, you know, with like placement, place, shot placement, you know, we talked about silencers. We talked about, you know, when the wolf pack comes in, which one to shoot first yeah. Yeah. so that you have more opportunities to shoot more. Yeah. And the mistakes people make there, um, how you should react after you shoot a wolf. Because I think that's the biggest thing, too. Just people, even if you get your first wolf ever, it's almost like the hunt ends and the the hunt doesn't happen. Yeah, it it shouldn't. It shouldn't. And just being mentally prepared for that situation to go down. and and, Which is that the course was huge in that for people to be like, well, wolves are really hard to see up close and shaded brush and stuff and simulating those quick shots i think was huge yeah, yeah. them having to run i mean the the one running uphill was such a good one because it was so real so realistic of a situation you bump those wolves they go over the edge and you you know if you can get there quick enough you do have one last shot at them stopping the wolf we made and you know, we made everyone bark and stop these wolves and then get a couple of quick shots off and I mean, I never had any type of practice like that before a situation like that went down well, for me. Well, we had um, Bree, a girl who's a dog trainer who had never shot a rifle before, and she was out there shooting the targets, and that was cool to She's see. She's doing a great yeah, job. A great job. That was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the beneficial things, I think, too, was going over the howls and the different howls and what they mean, because I know for us, we messed up so many situations because we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so explaining that, to everybody at camp, I think will really help. That's really good. And and Mark, the cowboy, right? Yeah. yeah. He uh he he took my online master class and he he actually bought one of the Phelps game calls and um which is a great call by the way for locating wolves. He was even with the online class, he said he's having issues and getting the right sounds out of it and just just out there and helping him out for just a couple minutes and he got it figured out. He said that alone was worth doing the camp me and tom sat there for what i mean because he struggled while everyone was doing it and he kind of came up and told us he was struggling and mm-hmm. we were with him for like what two minutes before just he trying was to able figure to out know. what he was yeah yeah he could nail at that point the low note and the high note and then was starting to put it together and i mean it was just a few minutes a few minutes time and, and all of a sudden he could do it you know and, and before he just wasn't able to work the call i think a lot, i think a lot of people have um, reached out and said, man, I need some instruction on how to use that wolf call. It is, I mean, it's, it is tough. I mean, it's tough. It's, and it, it's like getting into elk hunting and using how to use reeds, yeah. bugling. I mean, it's a whole new game. Yeah. Wolf hunting is a completely new game. And, you know, I, I still see elk hunting as a complication. I, I look at the statistics in our area we hunt, it's like 6% success rate yeah. for an elk. And then what's wolf at? <laughs> 
less than one, less than one per se. You're talking right here to three people who are consistently pulling wolves off the mountain every single year. And so we felt like we had something to give. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a subject still not talked about a lot and that a lot of people haven't gotten down yet. So Mm -hmm. what do you think is the biggest holdup for people and um, getting into wolf hunting? I think in not knowing where to start, yeah. intimidation factor, because nobody knows how to do it. And so not knowing where to begin. Yeah. And the it's, thing is, there's, you know, I, I think the biggest issue even for me when, when we first started doing it is there's a lot of wolves in Idaho. We're all pretty aware that there's a lot of wolves, but they move so far so fast and they're they're so cunning that even getting an idea, like Katie said, where where do you start? Where do you even try to locate these packs or, you know, how, how do you e-scout for wolves? Like, you know, you did a great class on that. How do you e-scout for wolves? What do, what do I look for? What time of the year? All that stuff is, there's so much knowledge out there on elk and deer that I feel like you can kind of get a good idea um, without having to do anything too crazy. And there is great camps for that where you can go and, and learn from, from the best of the best. But there's so much more knowledge out there on the internet and stuff about elk and deer. And there's just really none, not too much that you can trust on wolves. I mean, you have the master class, and really other than that, there's you nothing. go on the internet and you're just getting anyone that has probably never killed a wolf being like, oh, you should do this, you should do yeah, that. It's just Most like hunting coyotes. I yeah. see that all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's a wolf expert on Facebook. Yeah. And most of it's wrong. It, it know, is, yeah. Man. Or it's just... Or it's just like, and I'll use this prime example, and it's the biggest one I always hear people say. I think what people hear is they hear a technique, and then so they try to share it with others. And mm-hmm. and so some people just blatantly say on Facebook, you know, somebody's like, I've been trying to get in the wolf hunt. What do I do? What do I do? And they're just like, all you got to do is follow the food, and you'll find the wolves. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, and the question, if you ask me, is that true or false? And it's it's kind of yes or no. Yeah. Like, sure, wolves need food, so they're going to follow the food source. But because you sit at an elk herd, it doesn't mean a wolf pack can eventually come through. Yeah. Like, you could be wasting your time. Maybe the wolves don't run that area. Yeah. Maybe that elk herd, the reason why they're there yeah. is because they know they're safe. Mm-hmm. And and so you're going to waste yourself a lot of time. And so by listening to that advice on Facebook, you can spend a whole winter and yeah, without and working and not see a single wolf, not even see a wolf track. Yeah. And so it's about using your time wisely and knowing where to hunt. I've talked a lot about that too with, uh, we all did. We all talked about this that, you know, growing up, you know, I, I was taught we were, we all have a really good work ethic. Um, but sometimes just working hard is obviously a factor in your success, but with wolves, it's not enough. Yep. You can, you can, hike you can hike if you had the ability i can't hike 30 miles a day but if you could you could still spend a lot of time and not find a wolf yeah and so spending your time wisely in particular areas like you were talking about i was i talked about e-scouting how to do that and i feel like that really opens through some guys but i think mark even he he's hunted wolves and he's pursued wolves and um he's just like man i like after the camp i feel like i know a little bit more what i need to do what are some other guys at the camp that I felt, I said, there's 
everybody there, I just, I almost felt like we're family. For the yeah, it was, yeah. That, that was one of my favorite things about the camp was getting to know everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of all left with lifelong friends and made sure everyone at the camp knew they could call us at any time if they had further questions. And I think they all feel comfortable with that. Um, I thought one of the most interesting people that came was Dan because he's such an experienced guide. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that guides in in all over North America, Alaska, Canada, or, or not Canada, New maybe Zealand, not Canada, New Africa. Zealand, Africa, Colorado, Colorado. Yeah. And so he, and he's been doing it for what, 20, 30 so years. So many years. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he's probably, you know, j- just for his age, you know, like he's probably seen more animals die than I have. Oh yeah. 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 And so having someone, a, a hunter of his caliber come to this, I was like, man, like maybe you should teach us. And he actually went away saying, I learned so much. Yeah. And well, the one thing he said with wolf hunting, cause he said, you know, he's taken out hunters for years and years and years. He's watching a lot of animals die at this point. It doesn't get as exciting. He says, as soon as he killed his first wolf yeah. in Idaho, he said, he was just like a little school girl, just, <laughs> yeah. just on the biggest excitement, like, jittery yeah, he showed us stoked. a video of him yeah. just screaming yeah. in excitement it just it's a different level of hunting and we've all i think we've all experienced that oh, yeah. you know and, every, and every, wolf, every, wolf. every that's the thing is i think i had brought up yeah i shot a really good bull a couple of years ago and and i shot it and i was really excited don't get me wrong but it I would have rather shot a wolf that day. Yeah. Like even with however many wolves I've well, shot, I'd rather. Shoot. I know I've heard Tom say like, we're kind of running out of wolves in our area. And like, that was the goal in the beginning. Yeah. And now you're kind of like, I'm addicted. It's, <laughs> it's what I love to hunt. Yeah. And so. And they still need managed in the area because, you know, I think. They can and, explode. Because they so, can yeah. explode so quick. Like if all of us just simply stopped where I live. I get oh. <laughs> two years and they'd be back to where it was. Yeah. And so at this point, you know, although I feel like we got the numbers down, we need to keep them at that level to bring our ungulates back. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. left unmanaged, that population go- grows 40% annually. I think we've all seen There were some areas where like a wolf trap will count, like between hunting and trapping, area completely just like there's not a single wolf pack left. Like, wow, that we did, we all did pretty good. And then all of a sudden, all comes <laughs> there's like a whole pack lit up in that drainage and you're just like where are they what the heck and it all it takes is a male and female that breeds and boom you got yeah. another litter yeah i mean we talked you talked about a litter of 13 yeah and in just one litter that's insane um one of the trappers where we live had when he opened up the female she had a litter of seven and so i mean just one litter it's like boom you know you got that you yeah, got the alpha male and alpha female, yeah. and that's nine wolves. Well, and if yeah. it's <laughs> if it's a male and he's breeding more than one female, there you go. And, <laughs> and that happens too. Yeah. Not an all pack, but in in some cases you talked about yeah. there was female that had a litter and a female in the same pack was pregnant. And that yeah. does happen too. Yeah. Mm. They're dogs at the end of the day. They are. And yeah, what did you guys' plan for hunting this fall, this winter? Oh boy. Um our tree elk rifle muley um then wolves once once elk and deer are over we'll see if we can pick up an extra white tail tag or something yeah, we'll um, do some some archery pronghorn pride too if we yeah, have a little bit of time but, but uh, once that fall season's over we'll go into trapping and hunting wolves um, which is another thing we cover tom does a great job we hunt different months usually so yeah. he covers 
those summer, fall months, um, spring, and we, we're big on winter hunting. And so you get a couple of different perspectives. Well, you guys signed me up. I want to do more winter hunting. Now. I know we do I have to plan that summer winter. Hunting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, that, you know, not snowshoeing. That sounds pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> you can cover some country without yeah. snowshoes. But... I thought it was pretty cool during the trapping seminar too. I was kind of, we didn't really have anyone that was like a specific trapper that was that was here just for the trapping thing. But once we were over there and kind of showing people what we do and, and showing the success me and Kate have had with trapping wolves and explaining how much you learn about wolves through trapping, because you're constantly on, you know, every three days you're, you're seeing patterns, you're seeing where they're going and everything else and, and really hunting them with those traps and to see I think Mark, Mark's eyes, he was like, he came to me after and he was like, I might start trapping. You know, he was like, <laughs> yeah. I never even thought about it. And he was like, and now seeing this, he was like, I, you know, yeah. like, I don't know why I wouldn't. He was like, I didn't even think of, you know, the P posts you were pointing out and, you know, things along those trails where I do see wolf tracks a lot. Um, and he was saying, you know, he's like, I could put a few traps in right there and he's retired. He's like, I could check them. And, and that seems like a good way to go. Yeah. yeah I mean, which is another cool thing I think we go over in camp is patterning wolves and wolf behavior because that's just like you do with elk that's half of hunting them or more than half yeah so yeah it's pretty awesome let's talk a little bit about some of the more the other individuals that showed up at camp um let's see here so Dusty and Bree Dusty and Bree there were a couple um he does he well, he's he's leaving i think in tomorrow or something to go guide in colorado mm-hmm. um super cool guy um Bree, we talked a little bit about uh dog trainer didn't have much experience hunting yeah and the one thing i mentioned too is just like if you're around dogs you you know more about wolves than you think yeah, yeah. And so for her being a dog trainer she probably will be a real show event. She'll be great. She'll pick up wolf mannerisms pretty dang quick. Yeah. Yeah. Just being around them. And Dusty was a real good shot. I mean, he has a lot of history in that military wise and stuff. And he has so, a good stance. Yeah. And yeah, you he, pointed that out. Yeah. He, you know, he, we're up there doing the wolf and he was like the second one to go and he gets in this power stance and puts like two bullets touching each other on this wolf free hand, you know, and, you could just tell right away the whole time he was a really good shot. And he's kind of a guy that just gets it. Yeah. Right? Like you could see understood everything. He, he, he's uh, he has years experience with yeah. firearms, so he he's got it down pretty well. And then we had Jeff. Jeff. Oh, yeah. Jeff. Sweetest guy. Super nice guy. Tons of compliments from him. He loved the camp and he took the online wolf master class. And, you know, I think if I remember right, I'm trying to go back to my memory brink, I was thinking like, you know, I'm, I think he was mentioning like where he thought like he didn't know if he was going to get more from the camp because he got the, yeah, yeah. the class, but then he just felt like we exceeded his expectations. Yeah. Too. He, he had yeah. a lot of good things to say about him. He, he came from California. I don't, I think one of the most surprising things to me was we only had, I think it was Dusty was the only one from Idaho. And everybody else was out. Yeah, everybody else yeah. was out of state, which was really surprising because we have the most liberal wolf hunting regulations in the lower 48. So mm-hmm. it was pretty amazing. Yeah. And then who else do we had? Um, Kaylin Blake. Yep. Yeah, uh, married yep. couple from Minnesota. 
Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Wisconsin yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, Wisconsin. They they had to pick up a couple miles. They did a big trip, didn't they? They went yeah, to they Canada. Yeah, they went to Canada, picked up uh, – I don't know if you saw it or not. I, I got to see it. She shot a oh, yeah, the seven, giant, seven, giant black bear. bear yeah. Black bear. Yeah. And she had full mounted it. And it <laughs> they brought it to camp. Yeah, it was in the, tra- in the trailer on their way back, and she also had a fisher that she had had full mounted. Oh, I that didn't she get got to see to. that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a pretty – really pretty mount. And then uh, – and they were just – she she just kind of fit. he didn't even know what they were getting into or where they were going or anything and they ended up liking it a lot. It, and, she you know. they were actually the first ones to sign up. Were they? Yeah, she yeah. day we announced it, boom, done. Yeah, because yeah. they have. I mean, they obviously have a lot of issues with wolves over there too, and they just barely opened up a season. I think it was last year, or the year before, for just a few days. Yeah, they, they killed a couple quota, hundred wolves or something in just a couple days. And and she actually, we raffled off an AB suppressor, and she won that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And then we also had an Alaskan. Yes, Mike. Yes. Yeah, and so that he's trapped a few different animals and he wanted to come learn wolves and so he's making a huge trip out of it going to a bunch of he's going to like trapping association stuff going to all like all over and he's he's a school teacher so he has summers off and so he's got a camp trailer on and he's pretty much doing a big loop in the u.s he was an interesting and it was cool to have him yeah really cool to have him on i always and for me like alaska's partially home just with my brother-in-law and sister and then i you know just i've hunted alaska before they decided to become residents and move up there and so it's always fun to pick somebody's brain that you know knows some of the same areas that i do and i mean they actually actually live fairly he lives fairly close to adam and tana not that far away yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah and then i think we just we touched on will a little bit but 81 years old and he's out there you know what'd you say <laughs> 81 years old what's your excuse yeah for hunting wolves? Was, yeah you know so <laughs> you think you're too old to learn about hunting wolves he's 81 and he's out there and learning he's, he's had some close calls you know he has some stories he's, he's been real close to getting them a couple times and and talk about a go-getter like that guy walked almost the entire course that we had set up for for shooting wolves and and what a phenomenal shot yeah, I mean, really, like he, that guy could shoot. Even when we we're out here shooting the target, getting people used to those guns before we went. Di- I mean, he was just—he decided to go for a headshot every time. When none of us knew what he was. Yeah, we're like three yeah. quarters of the way through the course, and every yeah. single one had multiple, you know, bullets between the eyes. So he's right a up. he's a head shooter. Yeah, well, you, that works with predator. Yeah, yeah, it'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it was. I mean, there were a couple portions he couldn't quite hike up and. We were able to get an ATV and get him the rest oh, of the yeah. way. So it was really all ages, all physicalities are able to do this camp, yeah, which is we were, really cool. Yeah, we kind of made it to where it's like, you know, it was, I mean, it was going to, you're going to be tired at the end of the day yeah. if you were to, to walk it. But um, anyone that wasn't able to walk, they can ride the side by side to the targets. And yeah. so it was fine. And man, for 81, man, he gets around really well. I told him, I was like, Man, well, you're actually holding me up. I'm not holding you up. <laughs> Things about and man, when he yeah, when he made the shot, like you could watch just the way, he, you know, way his stance was. You know, he, yeah, he yeah. made it. He got it done. Yeah, so. I mean, he's pretty incredible. Yeah, what a nice guy, really, really just nice a genuinely guy. nice guy. Mm-hmm. 
And then we had Utah, Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Cameron, um, who owns Mini Muleys. Mini Muleys. Yep. He's done a couple for my brother-in-law and sister. He, Mini Muleys is kind of just like, he kind of downsizes your trophy um, to where it's hand size. So you can have, if you have a really cool moose shed or oak shed yeah. that you want to. It's a perfect replica, you know, it's just perfect a lot smaller. A lot smaller. And you what can... a cool gift to give people. Great idea. Yeah. So he's got really, a pretty... really smart guy. Really smart. He's, he's fun short. to talk to. He's, he's sharp. Fun yeah. to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I think he ended up, t- he had a, so many good questions. And, and that's the thing is, you know, when you're up there teaching, I think a lot of the time, you don't necessarily, especially at first, know your audience too well. And even for me, I would say something and kind of skip over it or refer it to an elk that might have been common knowledge. Well, not everyone hunts elk. And mm-hmm. well, he was really good at being like, well, what do you, you know, hang on, what do you mean by that? And kind of breaking it down. And that's I why and- I love his story because he had no one that hunted. Yeah. He is all self-taught. And I think that says a lot. And he has successfully gotten a buck. And so he's just got that go getter and take putting in the initiative. And so I think he's probably one that we could see being really successful. Yeah, absolutely. I think so so for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really cool guys. I hope to get some, are we missing anybody? While we were talking about that, I was thinking about everyone running up the hill when we were doing that last one. You're counting everybody that ran up the hill. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking, but it's, it was funny looking back, you know, a couple of those guys are in their fifties or older and they made it up that hill, like only a few seconds later than the well, rest of Mark us. Mark was wearing jeans and, and cowboy probably. boots. And he's in his sixties and he just booked it up the Dude, hill. He made it up the hill in almost the same amount of time. Everyone and else he, did. As it he's running, cool. he's like, these cowboy boots aren't yeah, he's just talking. Running. Yeah. And I was like, I would be dead. <laughs> yeah. These guys, everybody was, it, everybody did really well running up that hill. Yeah. He, I mean. I was amazed. You know who I was surprised And then they called me and Tom out to go down and do it, which I thought was really funny. He's like, well, you guys did. Well, when they called these guys out, I was like, you better beat these times. Otherwise. (laughs) I didn't think we were going to. Yeah, everybody was running pretty quick. I was surprised with how quick Dusty got up there because he's a big dude. Yeah, Dusty. He was winning it for a minute. And I mean, probably it's hard because I kind of started to lose track. But not only that, Dusty ran up the hill and got two shots off, and he was the fastest time for a while. And his two shots were touching each other, like right next to the bullseye. I mean, two perfect shots. And yeah. there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. And well, then the other thing, too, and I'm and I just giving you know, myself some credit here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's just, I think it's just when you're running a new gun that you never shot before. I think yeah. everybody had that, like, I think I did it and you did it both where it's just like, where's the safety? Oh, yeah. and then you, you know. I was like this flipping my thumb yeah. and, I, and the safety wasn't there. And I kind of just leaned over and realized I was just barely missing it. And I know you had to look at your safety. Yeah. You I saying. can't believe you beat me. I thought I had you. I was like, I was like, oh yeah. No. That. So what, what was your, what were the times ended up being? I th- oh, 20. It was like, it I, was, it was, was like a, a second or two seconds. It was, we were really close yeah. to each other, but you beat me by like yeah. one or two seconds. But the thing was when... Like, how did your like, little legs... What had me? happened was... <laughs> what had I happened know, was Tom like... ran up the hill, and I was watching him run up the hill. And one thing I said when I got up there is, Tom took a really good route. And I, <laughs> I got to watch it. I was like, you go ahead. I got to watch his route. 
while I was watching his route, the only thing that was really going through my head was, wow, what long legs he had. There's no <laughs> way I can get up that hill. So I, and then Tom goes up there and beats everyone by like five or six seconds. You know? No, I and think I was, it was more. I think it, it might have been eight yeah, or nine seconds. Yeah, I think it was eight or nine or seconds. And I was like, I was about to be like, no, that's probably good. Like from the bottom, my competitive side was like, I have to try, you know, but I didn't think there was any way that, that I could beat. I mean, he was up there. I heard him barking, rolling as he was going into it. And he had shots off on target fast. And I was like, there's no way. <laughs> he came back and was like 21 or 20 seconds or yeah, whatever it was. And I was like, that's a lot faster than the other people had gone. There's no way I'm going to beat that time. But, but got luck. It speaks to with both of you having those like eight to nine seconds faster than everybody else, how much you guys are out there. Well, and I've, I've had a lot of close shots where I've had to make those shots. And literally, um, like I said, we set these, I set these up, not just because one time it happened. I set up because it's the same scenarios happened multiple times. Yeah. And so when people are out wolf hunting, this is what to expect. You're going to have a wolf, you know, and, and you've talked about it too. It's the same thing. When you stop a wolf, you start to see their little like is their little balance stop like they're as you can tell it's like you've got body language you know that you know that he's gonna stop just yeah. for a second you, you could might take have to move you might you know right. and and the i thought that the situation we had where like okay a wolf hit that ridge saw you or or something happened or it just or it was going on its way and you didn't get a shot off and you decided to book up the hill try to and get try quick. to stop that. And I mean, we probably, you, I know you've had that happen with the wolf. I've had that happen with the wolf where it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And then I've also had that happen with deer and elk, yeah. things like that, where I had to make a really quick move and get a shot off offhand to try and take them. It's just a really realistic situation. Yeah. And then we did a frontal and we we're still trying to figure out what in the heck messed with that target. We said it. Oh yeah. We, we said a frontal, you know, a lot of times when you call, well, so you're not always calling in the funnel points you expect you. Sometimes they come out in the brush. So you don't have the perfect shot, but you kind of try to find a window between the brush. So we set that up. Then when I showed up at the target, I was like, man, we set that up really good. I can't even see the target. It was so <laughs> I, I, get, I get down there. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I get down there and there's no target. I was like, what the heck? And it looked, I think a bear messed with it. I it get, had to have. I mean, we we put stakes in the ground. I had three stakes and, and screwed them in. Screwed it all in. And if something what? ripped them out, the the plywood was ripped right out of the stakes. I was like, like pulled the screws through, the screws and, through and multiple I was like, screws, you know. And there was no other rhyme or reason for an animal to go down there unless there's an animal that was just wanted to mess with it you know yeah and so yeah i mean it kind of just seeing the area and talking to the people that run the ranch there's some we, bears over there lot, it's there's a bear you, pocket you know he he tom had mentioned there were some huckleberries coming up and they weren't quite ripe yet but maybe there were some around and i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of bears in there in the, uh, in the next I, month i think yeah. in just next couple of weeks as fast as like just in a couple of days you and i were there they've grown tremendously yeah i, I mean about end of july i mean where are we at right now? I mean, to the ninth, I think by, I think you're right. About the end of July, I yeah. think those suckers are going to be popping. And be popping. Those bears are going to be thick in there. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I mean, we have just been laughing this podcast, but I think that was one of my favorite parts of the camp was, I mean, here at the, the, the Longhorn guest ranch where we're holding it, there's, you can chew archery targets, there's fishing, there's cornhole, horseshoes, there's a whole bunch of things to do. 
But no one really did that because every time we had free time, everyone was swapping stories, telling jokes. Everybody really enjoyed each other's company. Yeah, and no, we did Q&As and campfires at night, and it was just Everybody, it fun. It was so yeah. much fun. Yeah, people were more welcome on the time they had to just chill to just they could grab a pole and go and not one person did and yeah, yeah. everybody just enjoyed each other's company and i think it's really important to make lifelong friends lifelong connections um you know like we all learned from each other we exchanged you know contact info we want to keep track with everybody make sure their their success provides i mean that's one of our biggest thing i mean bolts are one of the toughest thing because it's like shoot like it's an under it's under one percent success rate yeah and but, most of that is accident you know incidental hunting. accidental hunting and we're doing it on we're doing it actively we're wolf hunting actually coming out with wolves and so we're hoping that everybody can also take from that we want to help them if they're in a scenario that's they're like ooh, you know that's yeah. tough what do i do and i think you even said it it helps us too because the more people we can educate on wolf hunting the less there are people out there educating those wolves and wolves are they're they're just they're they're smarter than you actually they they figure things out quicker than you i think you know well i think we're um creatures of habit mm -hmm. and sometimes we ha we get stuck in a routine wolves figure out your routine yeah they have a routine themselves but they also figure out how to survive. I mean, that's why they're doing so well. I mean, you look at white-tailed deer in the majority of the United States. Why are they doing so well? Because white-tails, I'll give them credit. You know, I've hunted a lot of elk, moose, a lot of critters. Well, for one, white-tails are really skittish at everything. They're afraid of their own shadow. And for two, um, they're just, all, like, they're always on alert, but they're really smart. I mean, they're very elusive. Like a really big white-tailed buck, you'll hardly ever see them yeah in person it's hard to even get it i find sheds I, I mean i've picked up some world-class white tail sheds 182 you know when my brother found a 200 inch deadhead and it's like these are giant bucks and these are the areas i've hit my whole life and you never see them i was fortunate enough to pull a 176 inch white tail a couple of years ago yeah. but it was like i don't know how i'll ever repeat that again you know um but just saying that um question yeah would you rather shoot a 176 inch whitetail or get a wolf? Ooh. <laughs> you know, that's a tough question. Depends how big the wolf is, really. The 176 whitetail is a pretty big white. It's like a once in a But now, now that I got it, and <laughs> now you put a 176, like I got that 176. Okay, okay. But the answer changes yeah. before you have one. <laughs> but you know, it's really funny. So I was actually talking to Ryan Lampers, if you guys know that they're worth gritty. Um, I asked him the question because we were talking about whitetails and how I focused on that whitetail instead of mule deer hunt. He, he rolled his eyes at me. I'm like, what? He's like, he's a muley guy. And I'm a muley yeah, guy. And too. that's how and I that's, am. Yeah, yeah. That's I, yeah. And, I was, <laughs> and so I brought it up. I was like, okay. So I gave him the same scenario. I was like a 176 whitetail or a 176 inch mule deer. And he actually kind of yeah. still leaned mule deer. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> He's a mule deer. See, I'd lean white tail in that case. But I think I just am a hopeless mo romantic with mule deer. So well, it would yeah. almost be the same way. Why, there's something about white tails. We have white tails around our property and in our yard. And like last year, we had this white tail in our yard. And I don't know exactly what he scored, but probably close to that 170 mark. And he had two like four and a half drop to tines. six inch drop tines on both yeah. double drop tines and 
beautiful buck, right? Like I could sit there and watch him in the yard. But if you gave me just like a big frame, 28 inch, but like muley, I would shoot. So I've had, I will say that Kate's kind of a white. I, I, muleys are my favorite, but the last couple of years I had never hunted whitetail before. And I've been pulling an extra whitetail buck tag and I've gone after him spot and stalk with my bow and it's been awesome. I've had so much fun. So yeah, they're pretty fun to hunt. Yeah. I think it's just with any animal too, you know, cause um, you know, people get in this weird coos deer phase. And for me, when See, I, that does nothing for me. It doesn't get me excited, but almost every guy I know, even the best mule deer hunters, they say when they hunt coos deer, it's one of the greatest things they've ever hunted. And I would love to go hunt them. We I think it just looks like such a cool hunt. It does. But and I would rather shoot a mule deer than a coos deer. Yeah. But they're in different seasons. And I plan to do that in the next few years. I would like to as well. And it's just, yeah. 200 inch muley buck or wolf. A you're, two hundred inch muley buck. You're telling I don't thing, believe you for a second. If you're on a yeah. two hundred inch buck and you hear wolves howling, you're not dropping that. It just depends wolves. where I'm at with the buck. If I'm on it and I can shoot it, I'm gonna shoot it and then go shoot well, the wolves. But I mean that's that's a complicated thing. And like I said, <laughs> when you're in these, that these when you're in that moment, questions. like you know, I shot that real big bull a few years ago and it just it's, it wasn't as satisfying for me as but it's also not a mule deer like mule deer my favorite mm-hmm. thing to shoot elk or uh, elk or right there wolf is is at the top of the list for me above elk and i love shooting elk i would rather have shot no that was with a rifle i really like archery hunting elk so yeah, that's a lot you know there are all different scenarios that go into that if it's like a 200 inch mule deer with my bow there would be nothing for me that could top that feeling. It just hasn't happened for me yet on a buck that big, but, um, or maybe ever, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, it, but then if you pull in and you say, well, what if you were to shoot, be a legend and shoot three wolves with your bow or whatever, I would probably <laughs> take the three wolves over a 200 inch mule deer with my bow. If I could accomplish that. I will say there's some, there is a type like the experience of hunting and killing wolf is nothing like anything else I've hunted. Yeah. And, and I won't deny the fact that last year when it was elk season, archery elk, I should have been elk hunting. I was just getting so close to that wolf pack. I could just taste it. I was like, I'm not focused on elk. And so then after I killed that white wolf, that big white male, I was like, okay, let's go elk hunt. I went the next day. I got a bull beagling. And this is weird. I'm sorry, people. I was just like, I really don't want to go out. I'd rather go yeah. after a wolf. Yeah. And I think like I was so much in wolf mode. It's, there's something about it's the wolf. repeat. Maybe it's because like, not a lot of people are doing it or how hard they are. Mm-hmm. But it's just every time. It. Every time you shoot a wolf to me, the way I explain it to people is it's the same level of excitement for me as mm-hmm. like when I shot my first buck. Yeah. Or my first bull, like I was every on cloud wolf, nine. It doesn't. But when I shot my first wolf, it was like the greatest thing ever. All I wanted to do to do was to do it again. Like it is a lot of with a lot of these other animals, but then it turned into like the feeling never really decreased. Like I still get so excited when I shoot a big buck or a big bull, but when I shoot a wolf every time, it's like that first feeling every single time. Well, I mean, you look at Dan and you've hunted brown bear and stuff in alaska dan's after these big predators but he, his feeling with shooting his first wolf and he shot wolves in alaska but he said there's nothing like shooting an idaho wolf yeah. and he said the two just don't compare which was pretty cool yeah, he was, was so cool. excited yeah and i i'm the same way too like it's just there's an excitement like you 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 can't 
like I get really jittery and excited. Even my even my brother Travis, I always say this to everybody. Like Travis is an incredible shot. I've seen him take shots under pressure, archery bullets, just like the way like we were talking about that running target. Yeah. I've watched him do that, run up the hill, knock an arrow, talk about you, 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 and stick a bull and kill it. You know, like I've watched Travis make some incredible shots over the years. He's he actually taught me a lot. Like just it came to him naturally. To me, I had to learn it. And so having an older brother that just naturally came, had that skill. Yeah. But I've watched him fall apart on so many wolves. Yeah. Yeah. He just can't keep it together on wolves. It's, it's a different experience. And, it is. And it's so funny to see it because I'm like, here's my brother, like one of the best shots I've seen. I've seen him the last two wolves that we've called in. He's missed. Not, you know, but he's made some incredible shots on wolves, too. I've told that story where he. He shot two running, running wolves in a row, called in that one, killed it, then that one circling us in the timber, and it took off running. He shot that two in a row. So he does, he makes some incredible shots, but I've watched him shoot, and I'm just saying. And like, I almost always say, too, like, there's, I think there's a huge correlation between, I would kind of rather it happen, like, really fast, where I don't have time to think about it, as where if you're calling in a wolf or something. Yeah. And especially for us, an open, like, more open country, you mm-hmm. can kind of see it coming. And you have time for your nerves. It's to a hard. Off. It's well, hard like for my very first wolf was like that. Took we. I watched it slowly just come in for however 30, 40 minutes, yeah. and I missed the, my first shot. Luckily, got it my second. But still, you're like, oh. yeah. Well, it's like that one this spring. I actually didn't. I wasn't too hard on myself just because it was a very difficult scenario. I did have to run after it. I did bark it to stop. I mean, it, it did stop, but. I mean, the freehand, it was a poke. It was still a little bit farther, you know, yeah. like it was a lot farther than those targets. And it was kind of in an old log and cut, but, but the brush was tall too. And I just pulled, but when I pulled the trigger, I felt the crosses where I wanted to, but I think, um, I just didn't compensate for the how quartering he was away from me. Yeah. And I think the bull really, I think we did, I did, I think I did nick a lung just being, just observing the fact he was coughing up blood every hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, you know, to me though, it's tough as watch a wolf get away. But like you said, if it's an easy one that gets away, it's so much so much harder. Harder if you call on a wolf and then you mess it up, you're just like, why did I do that? But like something like that, it's like, you know what? I did the best I could yeah. for what situation I had, and, and we you told still them lose a sleep lot. Over those, I still. Yeah, oh, I, oh, I tell you what, <laughs> you know, I sat there in my bed that night. I'm just like, well, what if I would have just aimed a little farther back? Yeah. Well, what if I just did this? What if I just took? A little extra time. What if I, you know, I just did that for like all the way to about two or three o'clock in the morning until I finally, you know. Yeah, you're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and we, I think we really beat into everyone's heads that, uh, you know, wolves don't have the largest kill zone. Like yeah, everyone thinks sm- wolves are so giant target. and mm-hmm. and they're huge animals. They're very gangly though. They're they're built like a cross country runner is the way I always put it and. Kind of like built like Tom, like yeah. Just... And I mean, <laughs> I know, Michael. just long legs, yeah. <laughs> long legs. Their vitals are, they're only this big, and you got to get one in there. And I, I still think it's funny when people say how much they think wolves weigh. Yeah, and oh, it's just boy. not true. I mean, no. it's like when I see that online, I'm just like, my buddy shot a 280 pounder, and it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, no, he didn't. Yeah, 280 pound. That's not. But like, was yeah. it a bear? Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and the, you know, you look at a house dog, and it's easy for a, two, a a dog that's small to get 200 pounds because they're just 
eating good, you know? Yeah. And, and they're not getting the exercise wolves are yeah. getting. Like the best way to explain a wolf is like, you see the greyhounds and how skinny those little greyhounds are. Those ones that do those race competitions. Yeah. That's a wolf, but just put a bunch of fur on it. Yeah. yeah. They just, they're built to, to survive out in the elements constantly. And I think, you know, when you're saying they have a bunch of fur, when you skin one out, they have no fat. Like yeah. they just very mild fat content, maybe on their back at certain times of the year, but most of the year, all they have is, is meat and, and just muscle. That's all they have. And they're just, they're built to run and, and run long distances. Run and kill. That's it. But if you, yeah. but if you compared it to a black, like if you put a wolf next to a black bear in so, like height and length, yeah, it, yeah. it'll they, dwarf a black bear. They look yeah. big yeah. and they are, but they have those long, like deer-like legs. They just don't have weight. Yeah. Yeah. And their feet are like, and then being as light as they are, their their paws are just snowshoes. You yeah, know? and they that's just spread out. There's a reason they're built the way they are. They can run on top of the snow. They can run long distances. They're very I mean, efficient killers. Yeah. yeah, February is the worst time for animals to die, and that's where we see it. Because you know, toward the end of the winter, you get that crusty snow. Elk and moose, they're chest deep in snow, but they can survive. They can, they can still. Some of the brush is still sticking through. They can eat and stuff. A wolf pack runs right on top of that, and they can't push through that snow. And some of the wildlife biologists that I've talked to, they say that's where the majority of the damage is done, is that last that last part of the winter there where everything's so exhausted. Shoot, I walk right past, right, right, I can walk right on, right up to a bull elk that's eluded me all archery season. Mm-hmm. In the spring, they're so weak. Yeah. There he is shed. I was like, that's the bull, you know, and I pick up his sheds and He'll stand 20, 30 yards, maybe even 50 yards, but he'll just stare at me. He's not going to run. He's yeah, he's he beat. can't. Yeah, yeah. He's he's beat. I mean, how many bulls have you seen just hamstringed and by wolves? And that was earlier on, and you know, and I just at this point too, it's like I feel like before social media, this was before social media, before cameras, before we were doing our stuck in our videos, we saw so much of it happen. And I just, we just didn't record it and our friends too and stuff. And people see it and they get mad and you walk away and it's like, you got to record this. I still never forget the winter range of that mule, all of those muleys that I used to shed hunt. And um, I've talked about that on a couple of different podcasts where they just, it was just like, it was almost like a winter kill. There's just, you know, their bodies everywhere, but it was a mild winter. There's yeah. no reason for them to die. But I noticed that someone would drag them around. That was my that was like the beginning of seeing what wolves can do. Yeah. I didn't understand what was going on there, but I knew it was a predator of sorts. But then after I started, you know, then I went in there in the winter and saw all the wolf tracks and then I just saw, it just, just started happening. I mean, not all the muleys were, went, were knocked out the first winter, but about three or four years, it was, I mean, it was a point where like, I used to mule deer hunt this and I won't even go up there because yeah. I can't even find a doe anymore. Not even a doe. And that was like to what, to what you were saying that never really came out and the hamstring and stuff is it's something that you see more on when uh there is a lot of animals still in that country yeah like it's almost an indication that there are and i mean sometimes like we saw one this year that got down to some um to some private property and i'm sure that scared the wolves off and there's not a lot of elk left in that country but you used to see it a lot more early on and now it seems like the like when there is less animals, the wolves are eating more. Well, they're, and they're kind of forced. Finding them ham. Yeah, they're forced. And they're kind of forced to kill them. But, like, there was guys find Like, just if you're out snowmobiling in the, uh, if you're just out snowmobiling, they were seeing moose with, one of my friends saw a moose with his guts hanging out of yeah. his belly. And the wolves just, they just surrender. Like, ah, 
we'll go find something a little easier. And yeah. it's like, they already had an animal half wounded and yeah, I had a, a good friend last year, shed hunting. He, he, a bolt. I mean, it's not a lot of animals, but it was kind of, that's exactly what happened. The wolves were chasing this elk, hamstringed it, and they just kind of got tired of the hunt. They're like, oh, we'll move on, try something yeah. else. And that bull gave up, and they were like, all right, well, see ya, and they leave. And they leave, the bull eventually died. My friend just kept falling and ended up being a dead five by five. He went, the elk went a couple more miles later and just bled to death and yeah and that's they eat 20 each eat 20 big game animals on average per year but that doesn't include everything they're wounding and leaving to die they just sting they're not like an ambush predator like a mountain lion and a grizzly and the other thing too with a mountain lion and grizzlies they'll always bury their kill and it kind of keeps the ravens off for them for a bit you know wolves i mean even if they do eat a good portion they're planning to come on back to a later Ravens get the pick clean in two yeah, days. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild to see what birds can do and if oh, they day can day. clean up they can clean up a whole deer in just a couple of days and so and then a wolf comes back too and their kills gone like well go kill again. Yeah, just keep killing. Like mountain lion, they can bury a kill and it'll last a couple of days before the crows actually find it. Yeah. Well now they're chasing the mountain lions off their kills, so the mountain lions are killing again and again. Yeah. And it's... I mean, I will say the mountain lions are the most efficient killers. Oh, yeah. Like a mountain lion like they it, kill quickly. It's not for them. It's not mm-hmm. as like sporty as a wolf where the, you know, a wolf will run one down when it maybe could have grabbed it three or four times. It's, it's about the hunt for them and a mountain lion. They're quick and efficient and they don't want to waste the yeah, energy. They just, they just do things very fast. Like the scare, that's the scariest thing about a mountain. People are like, what would you, what would you want to be at, if you had to be attacked by something or, or not attacked by something? I always say mountain lion. And again, it probably will never happen for the most part. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to bears, you'll probably see them sprinting at you. Mm-hmm. Wolves, you can at least punch a few of them. Like if you had nothing. But a mountain lion, you'll never see it coming. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be on it'll you. be on you for the most part before you even, especially a big one. Mm-hmm. And they kill so quickly that they're not going to give you a chance to even fight back. Well, and we always talk about people will say well what who would what would win between a mountain lion and a wolf a single mountain lion and single wolf mountain lion every time yeah i think so too well, for sure i mean I, actually there's videos of it as well yeah and i'll still not i mean there's always things you're learning but i was we, i talked a little bit about my friend who used a houndbane and a hound's bane call to call in wolves he went back there the following day and used a wolf howl a mount a big male lion came into it a lone wolf call. Really? Big lion came in. Hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. I've only, and I've heard that only happening a couple of times, but I almost wanted I mean, to... all those predators are territorial to they a certain are. extent. You and know, I guess a big, big tom, tom, if if he, they're not, they're not dumb. And like, well, you know, they he can probably on, know a lone wolf owl. He can take on a lone wolf. Oh, easily. Yeah. Not a pack. Even a, but even a yeah, big one, wolf. even a big lone wolf, I just don't think they stand a chance against them. They're just wolves aren't as flexible and agile as well, cats. What does yeah. Uh, yeah, wolf always has his job. Well, his face. <laughs> I wish I got face. the full video clip, but it's really cool. And I, I just there's a clip of it on YouTube. You can find it um, of a of a wolf and a lion coming at it. That lion on the side did, of the road, right? I don't know exactly where it was at. Yeah. But it, it was just a very small clip I saw, and it and you that lion, it was almost like a UFC move. It got right on the back of it, just wrapped around the back of that wolf, got its mouth hooked on its neck, and had that wolf upside down. And that wolf is just kicking, can't do anything. Yeah. And that lion had it in just seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, they're for like being a, an efficient killer, mountain lions definitely 
different, but the behavior of animals are so different when the lion's in there. I can hunt mule deer in an area, a mountain lion can move through, and the muleys are still move, living in the area, right? Maybe a couple muleys jump off and get pushed, but it's like when a lion's in the area, the behavior of the animals don't change a whole lot. But like when a wolf pack moves in the area, it's, it's wild. It's, it's night yeah. and day. It's like, what, like it's like what happened to everything. And then whatever you'll see a mule deer, mule deer, even does will typically just like they want to identify it real quick. But it's like they don't even want to stand a chance. It's like, oh, I see a deer at 300 yards away, and all of a sudden it's just like, <laughs> and they're just like, I've they're like something's not right. Like the animal behaviors is so different. Yeah. Like I said, a lion, you can find a lion kill. And I can move 300, 400 yards away and I'm still seeing does and bucks yeah. feeding. Yeah. Um, that just the way, you know, just the chasing and the everything's different. I mean, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you've done it before. If you throw a howl in the drainage and you see all of a sudden the yeah. animals just start running out. It's just like, it's like, well, I don't know if that was good or bad. I but. know. Sometimes we're like, should we howl? And we see some ungulates and we're like, we just don't want to push them yeah yeah and it's especially so, like it's one thing if there is wolf tracks going in there i'm always going to risk it because i know the benefit that comes but if if i'm just howling to try and locate and i stop and there's like 100 elk and 50 well it's also a good indication there's probably no wolves in that, so that's that exactly happened to me i'd like to say it was a week ago um well no it was it was yeah it was about my so my it was close to my birthday there. I chose to take myself wolf hunting. She's like, what? My wife's what do you want to do for your birthday? I want to wolf hunt. Yeah. And there was a drainage I was like, I was actually looking forward to the most to howling. Like when I was running the ridge tops, when I got there, there was a herd of elk. Not a big herd. There was a herd. And they're all feeding in there. And they were so calm. Mm-hmm. I immediately knew. Yeah. I'm like, first yeah. of all, I'm not going to mess them for two. If there was wolves in that drainage, their behavior there they wouldn't be there they would be so on edge they'd and... be on so on edge and you'd see them running around or you'd be they'd be split up too like i you know well this spring when i was like look at that elk herd what's going on and then half a second later there's a wolf chasing an elk down the mountain you and saw the behavior yeah before it was like we got to look over there something's going on and they were even acting like like 30, 40 minutes before this, they were acting on edge, you know, and I'm sure those wolves had been running or had probably already ran them over to there and then just continued hours later, day later, whatever it was. But I'm sure they had already been messed with within the last few days. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome. So I think we all have a long drive. Yeah. <laughs> um. So um, what is one? So before we talked about, oh, are we going to do this camp again or not? We're not sure. I mean, and this was before the camp. And now that the camp is done, what's your guys' opinion? You want to do this again? Yeah, 100%. 100%. 110%. I would say, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 110%. 1,000%. There was never like, I mean, once we started and just seeing how much people genuinely enjoyed it and how much they learned and took away from it, there was never a second thought in my yeah. mind. That it's like, yeah, I wouldn't do this again. Yeah. If it, if people were, you know, not learning and not having fun, I, I wouldn't have wanted to do it. But I yeah. think if I'd gotten, because I hate, I like negative feedback so I can get better, but I hate, you know, you internalize and you're like, dang it. If we haven't, we didn't get one negative response from anybody. Yeah, at least, yeah. At least, yeah. No, <laughs> I think every, cause I kind of, I cornered people. I was like, is there anything we could do better? Are you doing okay? Do you like it? And everybody was so positive about their very, very, like the, I mean, and we weren't like very it. flattering. 
very like, flattering. Yeah, like, came out without us. Some guys are just getting up at the campfire and just announcing their experience yeah. at camp and what they yeah. got out of it. And, you know, it really made us like we realized um, that we want to do this again. And we I don't know. I just it re- almost makes you feel responsible to do it again. Yeah, because like, you know, we sit here and we're like, oh. You know, there's some wolf killers sitting at this table and it is true, you know, and I don't think anyone here is cocky or full of themselves. The thing is, there's not that many people that are doing it really, really, really low percentage of people that kill wolves, a minimal amount of people that are doing it consecutively. Mm -hmm. And it almost I'm not maybe necessarily the person for this type of thing in general, but I would I I feel a, a responsibility to do it again to get more people well i think for all of us we can only kill so many wolves ourselves but if we can educate people on how to do it we're teaching people to kill more wolves it's taking more wolves on, mm-hmm. off the landscape and helping us yeah. mm-hmm. in the long run and remember the goal is you know like i mean, like i said like there's there's areas i'm just like man i want every wolf out but the goal in Idaho, Montana, is not to extinct the no, wolf. It will yeah. never happen. It it just won't. It won't. They will go back on the endangered species list before that. They will shut hunting down before mm-hmm. that. But the so. goal is, is just to manage them to at least a reasonable population. And I've just noticed that, like, if you just have one or two wolves in an area, I still hunt them. But the difference of the wildlife numbers is just so different. Like, yeah. they, uh, like wildlife can survive with a low number of like a lower number of wolves we were we're way above objective we are we're we're way past um u.s fish and wildlife's goal of what the carrying capacity is right and we now. have been for a long we have been time. for a long That's time one of the bigger problems. which means that our yeah. ungulate population has taken a very severe hit and if we let wolves continue to repopulate and grow we won't have any ungulates. They won't have any ungulates and wolves will essentially die out in mm. the end because their food source is gone. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, awesome. Let's, let's just wrap this up and just, you know, thank you guys. Thank you guys for all your help in setting this and putting this together. Um, I had a blast. No, too. thank you. It's been, it's been so fun. Yeah. I had a blast yeah. this weekend. And we just kept talking toward the area and I'm just like, okay, we're, cause we hunt different terrain, but like, look, we need to, let's do a hunt together. Yeah. yeah. We need to plan some big long hunts. And if I do that, that also gives me excuse. Like I, as much as I love, I mean, I still will most likely, I just can't help myself hunt the early fall for wolves. I just have such a big schedule of hunting this fall. I'm like, the more I work, the more I can hunt. If I take time off to hunt wolves, then I also can't take time to hunt the other animals I enjoy, like elk yeah. and deer. Yeah. That's the reason why I'm hunting wolves is so I can hunt deer. Now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I can make a good excuse to, okay, well, hunt the winners and I just hang out with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> hang out. Bring the band Shoot back together. Yeah. <laughs> huh? One long range. Huh? I would love it. Yeah. 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 And it, or even if I'm the camera guy. Oh, we don't care. Uh, we just like to see wolves. I just, yeah, I, I'm I just happy. Like to be there. I don't care if I'm being there. I'll the just wolf hunt. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think we all feel that way. We'd be jacked for whoever got a wolf. Yes, <laughs> we just want the wolf to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again. And at the very end of this podcast, we'll have the dates of the next wolf mean camp. Yes. The Western, Western Wolf, wolf Academy. Academy. Jinx. <laughs> 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 You owe me a s'more. Yeah, there you go.
So thank you again for joining us on this podcast, and I do have an exciting announcement to make. We will be doing our second annual Western Wolf Academy this summer of 2024. Want to learn how to hunt wolves? You're in luck. Email us at katesmalloutdoors at gmail.com. Again, it's katesmalloutdoors at gmail.com, and we'll get a seat saved for you. That's it for today, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. And also reach out to us with any questions. Until next time.